Thanks for tuning in to The Big Idea Show. This week, we have a wonderful program with the CEO of Ventura County. That's Michael Powers and also Michael O'Neill from Livingston Memorial. You need to hear about this nonprofit. We hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847. And now it's time for Inside the 805. Listen to learn more about what's happening in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties and hometown story. And now, Inside the 805. Well, thank you for joining us. It's a treat to have Michael Powers here in studio with us. He is the Chief Executive Officer for Ventura County. He's been in that role since 2011, and he oversees a budget of over $2 billion. That's right, billion with a B, over 9,000 employees servicing 27 agencies and departments here in Ventura County. Prior to being named the CEO, Mike was the Director of Healthcare Agency, where he was responsible for the operation and management of the county's health departments. Mike has a degree in economics and business from UCLA and also received his law degree from Loyola Law School. He was born and raised here in Ventura, where he resides with his wife, Erin, and two sons, Charlie and Zachary. Mike, thanks for being here. It's an honor to be here, Mike. Thank you. Well, it's a treat to speak with you, and I really look forward to having this conversation about the county and how we're doing, so a state of the county, but also on a relative basis, how we are doing relative to our other counties in the state and things that we may learn from them or they may learn from us. But let's just start with the backdrop. How are we doing as a county here in Ventura? Well, thank you, Mike. Well, just to start off, as you said, I do have the honor of serving as your uh, county executive officer for your local county government, uh, appointed by our five elected board members. And my responsibility is to oversee and support the operations of those 27 departments. And it's it's a real wide variety of services, everything from social services, safety, health care, land use, planning, IT, public works, roads, two airports, a harbor and animal services. So uh, it's, it's never dull, <laughs> but, uh, and there's 9,000 employees, uh, hardworking professionals. They do a great job. They really have a mission to provide service to our community and whether it's in any, in any of those areas. And so I'd say there's a lot of different measures. I'd say our county is doing very well. Just a couple of them, and we have the highest long-term bond rating, AAA from both Standard and Poor's and Moody's. Much harder to get a higher long-term than a short-term, so we're, we're very proud of that fact. We're also uh, ranked the number four digital county in the nation, and I think that reflects our board's uh, foresight and investment in technology. We have a large health system, as you mentioned. It's got a couple of hospitals and about 80 medical, mental health, specialty, and alcohol and drug uh, clinics, and they're all connected on one one electronic system. Our social service department has gone paperless, and our uh, actually our sheriff's department has done something. Our IT department's very innovative, and they developed a thing called iCop, so the deputies can uh, do background checks on their iPhones out in the field, which is good for some and not others. But uh, being high-tech is very important to us. Uh, we're have balanced budgets year after year, structurally balanced, so we use our ongoing revenues to fund ongoing operations. And then the last several years, we've uh, done better than budget, so we've been able to put money away in reserves. Our unassigned rainy day reserves are at about 13%, which is the highest they've ever been. And we put aside uh, reserves for one-time projects as well going forward. 
a lot of different things going on that are exciting in, in terms of partnerships. One of the first is the homeless services, which is something we're all focused on now. We're excited to see a lot of improvement there. The Continuum of Care Board, which has the counties, the cities, private business, area housing authorities, and a formerly homeless woman on it, uh, really tr- trying to coordinate and guide all homeless uh, services throughout the county. And let's jump into that. Let's sure. Just to set a context for some listeners you know, outside of the county that are listening in, you know, ho- homelessness inside Ventura County has become an issue or something that we're more focused on recently. And I think uh, one of the things I've observed Observed is a lot of the the cities and the county and the efforts mm-hmm. nonprofits are mm-hmm. coming together yeah. now in a very special way and we're seeing some outcomes that could be very beneficial for this community to have real help. Yeah, yeah, um, you hit it exactly. And, and I've been watching this for 20 years, and uh, this is the most optimistic I've been. There's a lot of momentum. Everybody's working together in lockstep. And a couple things that are, we're on the cusp of, and that's developing permanent year-round shelters. That's one of the big gaps we have in our community, and we're working closely with the cities of Inter and Oxnard to develop those. That's good. That's intrinsically the right thing to do for these folks and put them on the right path and connect them to housing and services. At the same time, it's good for our economic development, too. So, you know, these people, police aren't having to deal with them in, in the downtown areas and so forth. So, yeah, as I say, we're we're working together better than ever, and, and so that's that's exciting. Uh, you can see uh, other areas. Uh, like you saw the Thomas Fire. Both the response and the recovery piece, I think, has been a strong indication of our county departments working well together, which is somewhat unique. I didn't realize it until I talked to my colleagues up and down the state. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of silos, a lot of turf wars. We don't really have that here. We, we work together. That's what our board expects. But we also work really well with our local governments, with our cities, city partners and community partners. And I think the Thomas Fire was a, a great example of that. Uh, county, city fire, statewide fire coming to try to really stem the, the largest fire in our county's history, at least it was until a few months ago. The warning systems that the sheriff and police of each VPD and the volunteer community did to evacuate over 90,000 people and saved a lot of lives. And then the recovery piece where we work with the cities uh, to really uh, address housing issues. The board set aside a half a million for rental assistance, which is one of the first uh, times in the state that that had happened, a rental assistance program uh, after a disaster like that. The debris removal process, trying to get people rebuilding their homes, and uh, our planning department and public works and fire have developed a a two-week to plan check process, trying to improve uh, processes. And so really to help those folks who are struggling to rebuild uh, get through the process more quickly. So again, you just see it in multiple levels. Uh, another good example is our air unit, sheriffs and fire air unit. And uh, some folks might know, but in a lot of other counties, those units don't work well together uh, on the air unit. And it really creates some operational issues. But here, they do. And it's a joint unit. It's very effective. They're, they're tightly coordinated. Don't get me wrong, there's some high-level chop busting that goes on between them, with, uh, but it's with mutual respect. Always. I want to ask you about yeah. that, because that's a, you touch on an important point. And I think, you know, here, here in, in as a county agency and across the country, uh, you know, you, you will see different management roles conflict, and you mentioned silos, and it's nice when they play nice together and help each other out, and they're doing well with that. Absolutely. How, how, how do you get that? If it's not well, how do you make it better, or how do you, and why are they doing so well with it now? Yeah. Is, are there, are there any a, anecdotes you can... Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I, as I say, a couple of things. Well, how do we do? I, I think our, our board, our elected officials, set that expectation that that's... That's what the, the public wants. That's what the public deserves. And then it, and it's our leadership. It's our culture. It, it, if somebody doesn't do that, it's sort of like out of the norm. Well, why would you do that? And look, we don't always get along, but we always sit across the table and figure it out together. And, and as I say, you, you see it in the safety departments. You see it now you know, with the cities and the county and the community organizations working together on, on the recovery and, and homeless services. Uh, 
So I, I just think it's a culture and, and it just speaks well of our, our leadership and our entire workforce. When you mentioned the digital, you know, we're number mm. four in the nation as yeah. far as being a digital county. And I think that also goes into, you know, when you look at Ventura County and some of the some of the work that we've done here with, you know, the the the, the trade desk and Amgen mm -hmm. oh, and some yeah. other larger companies that have also had a focus in tech. Um, you know, how, 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 I guess how can you what are some more things we're doing well there? Well, I would say when you say we, I would say the entire county. I think there's a lot of effort uh, looking to improve our local economy. Our board of supervisors just passed its first ever economic vitality plan uh, last year, and that's something we're working on and really leveraging great organizations like EDCVC, uh, Vesita, uh, and, the, and the local cities and, and so forth to come together and better coordinate things uh, in terms of uh, technology. A good example is the Broadband Coalition. You know, we've got some areas where we have it and we've got some areas where we don't. And so we've been able to, by, by partnering with the local cities and, and businesses, uh, map out those areas. And that's good for low income folks, small business and the manufacturing sector because their you know, high speed uh, Internet capacity is very important for them. So partnering on that kind of thing, I think, is very important. Other aspects of it is we're really trying to leverage workforce development, working with our uh, community college districts, our schools, Stan Mantooth, P20 Council, really trying to dial in so that folks, you know, that kids get their education through high school and college and, and university, and then they can go into the workforce here locally. In fact, a great example of a partnership is the community college district working with the Workforce Development Board uh, on, uh, as well as our county job and career centers. So we have about eight of these located uh, throughout the county, and they're just amazing where they match employers and employees. It's kind of like match.com uh, for jobs, and, and it happens. And they've developed a joint certif certificate program for manufacturing. Uh, through our local community college district. And so those are the kind of things we're really trying to connect the local business needs with the schools and the job training. Yeah, that's, um, that's a very good point. And I think a, a lot of folks aren't aware of some of these undercurrents happening between uh, you, things like the education community and right. the higher and mid-level education you know, uh, community and businesses and, and government. And, and so to the extent that that happens in a, in a positive way, we, we're creating more of these pathways, is the buzzword we're hearing, for careers. It, it is, and we're trying to foster a startup culture here too. There's a lot of different startup programs. We're trying to unite them. One of the ones the county's involved in is Startup Weekend, and that focuses on jobs in IT, healthcare, and agriculture. And, and it's really, there's a lot of brilliant folks here and engineering students and, and finance folks, and, and, uh, and things are happening. And great, great programs are, are coming out of that, as well as, you know, we also want to look at existing jobs that we know, but new jobs that develop. We've got to be nimble. And just to give you an example, like 20 years ago, uh, whoever heard of a job called Infomatics? Right? But now there's a lot of them, and part of that is because of these electronic health records. Yes, they create more efficiency, but they also create a lot more data, which is great, but you've got to manage that and report that, and it's really rich with information that we can do to better manage population health. Uh, but there's folks now, and these are a lot of times you know, up to six-figure jobs. Uh, we've got several of them in our healthcare agency and, and more and more throughout our, our health systems throughout the county. They're having them too. So how do we make sure we're training those folks for the jobs we have now and the jobs that we're going to have in the next five, 50, 10, 15 years that we don't even have yet. So that really means listening to our business community as well. Such a good point. Over the next 5, 10, 15 years, yeah. the job landscape is changing and being redefined. And you mentioned Startup Weekend. For any of our listeners that are not aware, you can go through Hub 101 uh, and you can Google that. It's through Cal Lutheran University. Mm -hmm. They have this thing called Startup Weekend. It's open to the community. Anyone can go and watch or participate. Bring your good ideas. They'll help you foster those and accelerate those and potentially start 
start it into a business and even give you a location for your business. Startup Weekend, a wonderful thing happening through Hub 101 at Cal Lutheran University. And that happens uh, That happens every year they do that, among many other great right, things. Right, right. So on a relative basis, where is Ventura County? California is a big state. It's a large economy from the world's landscape. Where is Ventura County relative to the state of California. Yeah, so there's 58 counties, and we would be considered a small urban county, you know, and so larger than a suburban and larger than a rural county, of course. Uh, so we're, we're sort of a, a high middle, is what I would say. Certainly not the, like the big, you know, LA is basically a country. Uh, then you got San Francisco and San Diego and so forth. So our population is about 850,000. But to give you a sense, uh, I think this is an interesting perspective, too. Uh, our county population is larger than the population of the states of Montana and uh, Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, Montana and uh, like Wyoming. So it, just to give you a sense of, of, of the magnitude of, of our community here and, and your local government. Do you have some additional demographics or stats that you might highlight within our community relative to, um, you know, I don't know, maybe from an economic standpoint or from a budget standpoint or from um, a spending standpoint? Does anything jump out? Um, you know, uh, sure. I, I think we have one of the uh, higher incomes uh, in the state, individual incomes. But then you have to pair that with the fact that there's a high cost of living. And, and that's why we have to look at uh, housing solutions as well as supporting those who, who face housing challenges and uh, workforce housing as well as the homeless folks. Uh, you know, a couple other innovative programs that we're doing, I just want to let the people know that uh, we all know there's folks uh, who, you know, who don't have insurance and sometimes they, they overutilize our health systems, both our county and our private health systems. And we developed a program called Whole Person Care and it's really meant to target those folks. And in the first year alone, there, there's a couple, there's like five folks who collectively use the ER over 450 times in six months. That sounds made up, but it's but it, it's true. They they just keep rotating, the and so freak, the, the frequent flyers, the, right? And so what we try to do is is focus. So, so we have folks, case managers, who focus on them, make sure we connect them to a primary care clinic, one of our health centers throughout the county. But then we also have here's a little bit of the secret sauce: is community health workers. There's about 24 of these folks who actually go out to and make sure and work with these folks to make sure they know they, they get their regular checkups, they go to their screenings, they get their medications, they take their medications, they watch their diet and exercise and their mental health issues, and so. Uh, it's a pretty exciting project, so it's, it's improving uh, the care, but it's also lowering costs uh, significantly. And we can do that because we have a, a very uh, strong health system. I want to go and ask you about a few of these different departments that sure. you oversee, and maybe you can just give us sure. you know, maybe a quick highlight mm -hmm. on them and what's going well and what you're hoping to continue to do better. Um, but so mm -hmm. we'll start with uh, the first one, which is one you know, near and dear to all of our hearts, uh, the libraries. Oh, gosh. Libraries is doing great. Our new director there, Nancy Schramm, uh, you know, libraries in, uh, in Ventura, Ojai, uh, Fillmore, and uh, Port Wainimi, uh, doing a lot of innovative things. You know, story time with the kids, you know, which is great, but also uh, one of the more innovative things, we just opened a library uh, over in Ventura near the government center, uh, Hill Road library and it's it's a beautiful facility if you've been into it, it's really warm and welcoming for the family and kids and everything but it's also got something pretty slick which means it's it's open even after hour even when it's not staffed so if you have a library card you can go in there even when it's not staffed uh during certain hours and get access uh, to the library and, and, and to the collection there it's one of the first in the country actually 
So How neat. Isn't it great? And yeah. we're also doing a bookmobile, which is going to be for those areas that I talked about, but also countywide. Even in those areas that we don't provide uh, library services, we want this uh, the bookmobile to reach uh, to countywide to everyone in our community. So they're doing a lot of exciting stuff in libraries. Another question, environmental health. Sure, environmental health is just doing an amazing job in so many ways. Now they they oversee the quality inspections for our restaurants, and that's of course important for all of us who like to go out to eat. And so they keep that. Believe me, you want these professionals out there uh, working to ensure our food safety. At the same time, they also try to strike that balance of, of being uh, business friendly in the sense that it takes a lot of risk for a business to for people to start up and run a, a restaurant. And so they thought it'd be thoughtful and sort of a consultative regulator as well, and being sensitive to what it takes to, to, to run a restaurant. And I really want to give a big shout out to them because. All that debris removal process that happened with the state, and I think overall it, it happened pretty quickly and smoothly, that was initiated by environmental health because they got that emergency declaration after the state the day after the fire started. That started the process, and they worked with about 700 property owners to get them to understand how the process worked, the right of entry forms, and so forth. And, you know, during one of the most stressful times in their lives where folks are traumatized, they really were very compassionate and, and thoughtful in helping people through that process. So our environmental professionals are uh, just something special, yeah. One other thing, if I may just jump in, and, and we're talking about overall county government. One of the things we're proud of, especially, is that we're a Lean Six Sigma county. And what that means, it's kind of a fancy name for streamlining. Yeah, what, yeah. what, yeah. Does, that, what does that mean? So give it a, streamlining. Give background. So, and this was started by you know, corporations like Toyota and IBM. And basically, it's, it's a streamlining in the sense that if it takes 20 steps to get a permit, can we do it in 10? Do we need all 20? Is there a process without purpose? And so that's what we do. My favorite part is we get the, the people who do the real work, the employees on the front lines, and we put them in a room and they map out the process. And we've all had those jobs where we say, like, it's so frustrating. Why do we do it this way? Well, okay, let's do it. So, well, how should we do it? And they get to design it, and then we measure it after we put that in place. And we see, you know, is it improved? Are the wait times down? Are the quality up? Is the you know, patient satisfaction up? That kind of thing. And we just had our 10th anniversary, actually. And, and I'm proud to say that ongoing annual savings that we have from that program is over $33 million a year in ongoing annual savings. We've had over 1,200 small and large uh, Lean Six Sigma process improvement events and uh, training green belts and so forth in, in, in the whole program. And it's, it's going strong. And, it, and it's something that's what helps keep our overhead down, too. And you say, well, why is that important? It's important, right? Because these are taxpayer dollars. But when you keep that overhead down, for example, it leads to more deputies on the street, more nurses in the hospital, more social workers out in the community. So from a department level across all of them. Across all departments. This, this idea. I like the word you mentioned, process without a purpose. Yeah. And so that's a fascinating thing because historically, you you know, the government agencies will take Absolutely. a lot of heat in yeah. this area of saying, well, this is just not this. The process is not right. You know, right. or the process. What can you say to that or how what, what are the issues they may not be recognizing when they make those comments? Well, it's, it's understandable because there's a lot of regulation and we need to help folks navigate through it. But at the same time, you know, we want to be when we want to have a culture of excellence. And one of the common themes to that is you have to embrace continuous improvement. And you got to drop your guard and not have finger pointing like, oh, this is Fred's fault or this is Betty's right. fault. No, 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 no. Right. This is a system issue. Let's all just say, yeah, this isn't working. That's okay. How can we make it better? You know, and, and it's just sort of a culture. Of, I don't want you don't want people to be afraid about talking about problems. And uh, people are just, you know, I think of our trauma surgeons who are, you know, they're, they're just amazing. They're, they're not the shy, exactly the shy retiring type. They're sort of the cocky fighter pilots. And, and I asked if I could say that about them. And they said it's true. But, <laughs> but and they have great quality scores, some of the best anywhere uh, in the country. But they'll be the first people to say that's not good enough. Right. We can do better.
And it's that relentless commitment to improvement that I think is part of our culture. And that, and that is important to have yeah. that culture because yeah. that, you know, with doing those postmortems and saying, well, what could we have done better? Exactly right. What do we need to do better next time? And, and you got it. I, I love that idea of continuous improvement, such an important thing. Well, we're getting ready to close. And before we do, I always like to ask if there's anything else you'd like to mention before we close out the, the, the interview. I'd say just, you know, touch on our, our health services a bit. Uh, you know, as I said, those health centers are, we're trying to get care out in the community, keep people well and, and out of the hospital, but we're also trying to integrate uh, medical and mental health care as well, destigmatize, co-locate, improve the, the whole person care. I think that's very important. We also have, that might surprise some people, that the largest and oldest uh, primary care physician training program in the state of California. And in 2014, it was ranked number one in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. We had a big embarrassing banner on the hospital for years after that. But it just, I mean, this is a, a hidden gem right here in our community. And a lot of these docs stay in our community, both in the private sector and, and in our health system. And I would just say, you know, one of my the privileges of this job is I get to work with so many dedicated professionals. And, and I think the thing that really I notice every day is how much they care about what they do. They're not just punching a clock. They, they really, they want the job done right, whatever it takes to get there. And that's, that's you know, part of the joy of it, being able to support their efforts and uh, your local county government. Well, thank you for your time today. We're speaking with the Chief Executive Officer of Ventura County. That's Michael Powers. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for the time. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. Nonprofit Spotlight. Each week we like to highlight a local nonprofit doing great work. This week's Nonprofit Spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. Our nonprofit spotlight this week we have Livingston Memorial, visiting nurse association and hospice. Home is where the heart is, is their tagline. And I'm pleased to have Michael O'Neill in studio with us. He's the Director of Community and Professional Relations with this group. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now, Livingston Memorial, for people that don't know, what is Livingston Memorial? Give us a background, and there's a special story as to what you guys do that I think is so phenomenal. Absolutely, Mike. For over 70 years, we have been a community-supported nonprofit organization, and we strive to provide professional, supportive home health and hospice care services at the highest quality in the most cost-effective manner to people of Ventura County to ensure a positive patient outcome. And you guys have been doing wonderful with that. Give us an overview of some of the projects that you do and the way that you help people and how you have that impact. We like to be the one-stop shop to assist family members and hospitals in taking care of that, that population that needs help, whether it's a caregiver coming in for an hour or two to help with mom and dad or somebody at home that just needs medication management, light housework, or something along the lines of meal prep in order so that they can maintain their safety at home for the longest amount of time. As they transition down that pathway and do have some more serious medical issues, we have home health nurses that stop in with our home health division. Then we can, and again, if that transitions further down the road, we have a hospice division that can, again, help with the next stage in life for family members and for the actual patient. Because it's not usually just the patient you're worried about, it's the whole family members, and we have a breadth of services to assist with that. And I think that's becoming something more and more people are starting to talk about and think about how they're going to handle this need when it gets to them in their family. And so you guys have been providing this service for a long, long time, doing a wonderful job. 
Now, as far as that goes, what is the cost in all of this and how does that get accounted for? So part of our mission statement is to not turn anybody away for financial reasons. It is a combination of the donations that we receive from the community and also a combination of our healthcare system that reimburses our actions that we take in the community. So we work in conjunction with the physicians. The physicians are billing Medicare, Medicaid for those, for those services. We do that for a portion, and if a patient doesn't have that type of coverage, we are there to support that also. Again, a big support for the community. We've always been there for the breadth of services. And we're speaking with Livingston Memorial. They do have a website. I'll give it to you now, and I will have a few more questions. So the website is lmvna.org, and that's for Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurse Association. That's lmvna.org. Michael, what are some ways the community can be involved with or support the efforts you guys are doing? So again, we have volunteers in our organization that you can go to the website and register. We have training classes for those volunteers so that they can learn the needs of a hospice family and or the other services we provide. We have a wonderful grief counseling program that goes into the high schools and any of those issues through our Camarillo Hospice Office. The other side of it, please, uh, on the supportive side, the monetary side, we run the Camarillo Farmer's Market every Saturday morning at 8.30. All those proceeds come back to Camarillo Hospice and Livingston Memorial. On November 11th, one of our newer steps, we are going to try and run a marathon as a team. So if you want to support Team Livingston at the Surfers Point Marathon, we have 25 staff and family members that are uh, trying to raise money through that opportunity. And then one of our bigger and longer tenured events in the community, we have three Light Up a Life events in early December. Again, all this information is on the website, but well, the one in Ventura is at Pacific View Mall, as we've had the longest, where you can commemorate a loved one or somebody special in your that, that's touched your lives in the past and commemorate them for the holidays. Each one of these events, Ventura, we have one in Camarillo, also in Ojai, will feature readings and acts of remembrance and a music for that. And they're all free to the community. Again, it's a fundraiser to help with the care that we do provide. Our nonprofit spotlight today is Michael O'Neill with Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurse Association. You can get more information on their website. We'd encourage you to check this out. It's lmvna.org. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Idea Show here on KVTA. Special thanks to our friends at Geico Local Office, Greg Mock, and also the team at Boyd & Associates. If you have questions about the show or questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me online at marinantha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next time. Hi, this is Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. I've dedicated the past 12 years to researching different investment ideas, There are no guarantees when investing, but with a little help, you can find the right approach. I have built AllocationLink.com specifically for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management made simple, smart, and low cost. AllocationLink.com can have your account set up in less than 10 minutes. Please visit AllocationLink.com to learn more. Or you can leave me a message at 805-665-3767. 
Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767.